Marhaba, and welcome to the Matrix Green Pill, where real people connect. Hello, and welcome back to the Matrix Green Pill podcast. We are on our fourth and last segment of our very special podcast with MEPRA co founder and regional PR guru Jack Pierce. And Mel is co hosting this one with me again. Hi, Namita. You can't get rid of me. Once you learn from Jack, there's no going back. He <laughs> gives us plenty of fuel for thought, but more on that during the podcast. So, Jack, during our past conversations, we explored your background in PR and some of your experiences along the way. Today, we would like to explore the nitty gritty of PR. For starters, how would you define success in a PR campaign? Right. In my days, it was very important for our clients that we generated publicity. In other words, press clippings was the Mm -hmm. all-important thing. That's what they wanted. It is a way of evaluating public relations, but most purists would say it is a very crude indication. The only really, really valid evaluation of PR is what research tells you. In other words, what public opinion, have you managed to change a public opinion in the direction that you want to change it? Have you managed to convince people that what you want them to believe is indeed true? So research, but research is too damned expensive. Good research is very, very expensive. For an interim, press clippings, number of times you appear on podcasts, for instance, or whatever it is nowadays. I can't talk about the modern day communications with social engineering because I am a a dinosaur with uh, social (laughs) media matters. Let's stay on convincing. I remember this time you spoke to us about convincing a set of people on two opposing views within two minutes or within five minutes while you were discussing the issues of cars at a petrol station? Oh, oh yes, 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 yes. Yeah, so maybe you should refresh our memory with that. Because PR was such a new discipline in the 1990s, everyone wanted to understand what it was all about. So if you were happy to stand up in front of an audience and explain what PR was and answer audience questions and this sort of thing, there was a constant demand for me to go and do like after-dinner speaking events and that sort of thing. Universities, colleges, they all wanted to have me stand up and tell them about communication skills, how they apply to PR in particular. I was going to talk to it. I was asked by a women in business group, and I knew that a lot of people in that group had been to my general talk about public relations before. So for them, it's going to be very boring. I've got to come up with a completely new way to explain public relations. None of them will have come across before. So I thought about it and uh, I did a bit of research and found out the first public filling station was put up in Pennsylvania. Up until that time, cars had always been driven by chauffeurs. The chauffeur would have a big tank at home of petrol and that's what they rather used to fill it up from. Oh, it's about 19... It's when the Model T Ford was launched. And suddenly, the amount of motor cars on the road being driven by the public rapidly, rapidly increased. So Pennsylvania, they were the first people to put up a public filling station. They had a sign up there, very wisely, saying, turn off engine before filling up. And in those days, cars were like chitty-chitty-bang-bang. They were backfiring and everything all the time. So when I started the meeting, I pretended that I was late, maybe one minute late. I came in as if I was sweating and flustered and say, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm like, oh, the driving, the traffic in Dubai is so terrible. It is so dangerous. And I said, well, hang on a minute. Who here thinks they're a good driver? Put your hand up if you think you're a 
safe driver. All put their hands up. Yes, I think I'm a safe driver. Even in the height of summer, you turn off your engine when you pull into a filling station rather than keeping the engine going and keeping the AC going. They went, oh, yes, I do that, don't I? And the sign says, turn off engine. So that's one. I changed their mind. They thought they were a safe driver. And now I made them see that they were actually an unsafe driver. Then I explained this filling station in Pittsburgh in 19... Google it if you want to know the answer. So explained that in those days, when a car went in there, they were coughing and backfiring and splattering and everything. So it was a very good idea to turn your engine off. But that was then. A modern motor car nowadays is at its smoothest when it's just idling when it's just ticking over it's as you start it that's the only time that a, the engine creates a flash in other words the ignition flash the starter motor sets up a flash so you're actually more likely to cause a fire by turning off and then restarting your engine than you are letting it just idle and so that was it they went from being thinking they were a safe driver thinking they were an unsafe driver and then back to thinking that they're a safe driver again in the space of a few minutes Throughout our conversation, Jack, really got some great tips and advice from you. But if there's one piece of advice you would like to give to the current generation of PR and communication leaders, what would it be? PR leaders? But I started off, be honest, be interesting, look for something different, look for something interesting. People get turned off by being bored. I try and always make my writing interesting by not including anything that I would find boring. Pick out the nuts and the raisins and things, not the dough. People are bored with dough. They want the juicy bits. Mm. They always find something to spice it up. So you're always looking for these out-of-box ideas and strategies. So could you share something like an out-of-box idea or a strategy that perhaps you implemented for your clients that was really successful, in your opinion? My favorite one of all was one that didn't get implemented. I think it was one of the best PR ideas I ever had. And it was for BP. And it was BP is into drilling. That's what they do. So they could do some drilling. And what I suggested that they did was commissioned a drill of a water well in an area known to have fresh water under the surface. I spoke to um, Grundfos about this as well. I went and visited Grundfos. I said, look, if I could get Shell to do this, would you provide us with a um, down well pump to pump up water? So I'd spoken to the Minister of the Environment in Abu Dhabi, Peter Helly, a friend of mine, and he said, yes, there is such a place where we could make an oasis where there hadn't been one before, where Deers would come from a mile around. The great gazelle, of course, that everybody loves. Yes, that would be absolutely great. We'd put a cover on it so that the animals were protected from the sun when they were there drinking at the oasis. I'd suggested even having a little waterfall there and just to make it beautiful. I suggested the BP, you do the drilling or you contract somebody, an outside water driller. It only costs a little bit. Grunfoss will donate the pump and then build an oasis in the desert where there wasn't one before. Call it a solasis because it's solar powered because BP mm. also was one of the world's biggest manufacturers of solar power panels and we could put them on top of the sun shelter for the animals to eat underneath. To me, it was a plus, plus, plus. It was talking about their drilling expertise. It was talking about their solar expertise. And it was doing something for nature at a really, really minimal cost. Grunfoss would provide the pump free of charge just to get their name mentioned. BP would produce the solar panels, something for us to talk about. It would have got so much positive publicity. And yeah. I just cannot understand to this day why they'd go ahead with it. 
amazing but interesting very very good idea so with that we have come to the part of the podcast we call jack rabbit hole you were known jack for being easily approachable as a leader so today's question is what three qualities are required to be a good leader lead from the front do it yourself show them how to do it and then explain them what it is that you're doing and how to mimic you how to copy you how to model you is a better word and then give them advice and just say look i'm open whenever you want to always keep your door open those people who've worked with me they just knew my office door was open all the time i just let them do all the work i used to sit in my little den just playing on the computer or doing some things that were specialized but they just knew they could come and ask me questions about anything and i'd give my advice all right lead by example yeah. any other qualities jack what were you known for jack in back in your day i don't know what other people thought of me i know what i thought of some of them you just show kindness to people i am an atheist i think what i said about certain things like turn the other cheek and be generous and the prodigal son you know being welcomed back or the uh being kind to strangers which is the story of the good samaritan all these things yeah. that jesus said jesus is sort of renowned for are all qualities that i think i believe in love other people we are again down to our final segment your green pill moment it's a very simple question i'm going to ask you what are some of the important life qualities that you have picked up over your lifetime which you think have contributed to your success in pr you've already stated a few while answering jack's rabbit hole but if you had to select two or three what would they be finding people that you can work well with creatively with you need a creative team i never really finished off the story that i was telling you about hsbc when i was asked to change the identity of British Bank of the Middle East to HSBC how we could manage that so what i did was i took on a very small advertising agency which is when where i worked met merna actually that was run by a guy that i knew from sachi and sachi who was a good friend of mine and i said look i've got one project i want you to work on which is the rebranding of how we're going to manage and i explained to them why it was such a, a big issue for a bank to change its identity and we had to prepare the ground so that we had to explain to people so everyone understood the concept that British Bank of the Middle East many other banks around the world had been bought up over the years by Hong Kong and Shanghai Banking Corporation they were already owned and had been for years Saudi British Bank for instance is another one one of the ones in North America a very famous one these were already owned by HSBC all had their own branding we had to come up with a concept of how to get everyone to understand that British Bank of the Middle East wasn't being overtaken by HSBC it's been part of HSBC since 1953 or something like that so we brainstormed and brainstormed and brainstormed this with their advertising agency and their creative visual graphics guy i was the one who came up with the visual for it not their graphics guy he came up with something else even more impressive i came up with the visual which was to create the scientific you see in some laboratories you see these um billiard balls connected together with chromium rods of iron to make up a molecule right everyone knows that sort of image so that sort of graphics was just about manageable on computers in those days but it wasn't used very much so expensive but we produced this molecule which had a neutron in the center and all these bits going around it connected all interconnected with these um chromium rods the center one 
had a great big HSBC logo on it and was bright red. And then British Bank of the Middle East was up front in the nearest of the camera, as it were, the British Bank of the Middle East. And then just to our left was Saudi British Bank. And then just over there, and then just, and gradually we made the whole globe out of uh, making it look like a molecule. And you could see how all these pieces together, and they're all different identities, but at the center was HSBC. So we produced that graphic, but their graphics guy who loved it, he came up with the slogan, your local global bank. So everyone thinks BBME was a local bank and everyone thought Saudi British Bank was a local bank. So it's both a local and a global bank at the same time. We took a full page, the back newspaper of every page in the newspapers throughout the Middle East with this logo. The general industry was so impressed with the logo in particular, but this slogan, your local global bank, the other chairmen of other banking groups were phoning up our chairman to say, congratulations, what a great advert. We had requests from our Canadian counterpart. He said, would you mind if we made that as a three-dimensional exhibit we could take around with us when we attended to exhibitions? Said, Help yourself. I'm paid by HSBC to have ideas. I don't own the copyright of those ideas myself. They belong to HSBC. So yeah, everybody was very, very impressed with that. And of course, the slogan of HSBC to this day is the world's local bank. I think it's still current. So that was one I was very happy with. Jack, it's been a pleasure talking to you. And thanks for the little pearls of wisdom you've shared with us these last four episodes. We are confident our listeners would have been enthralled and will definitely benefit from these stories and tips that you have shared. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jack. Thanks for being a part of this special segment and uh, yes Mel is there anything else you want to add it's always been my philosophy if I can do something to help others without it costing me anything I'm quite happy to do it so if you get out something out of it or a college gets out something out of it or a community gets something out of it I'm quite happy to contribute my two pennies worth we definitely have learned a lot of tips from our conversation Jack it's really been a pleasure thank you you're welcome alright thanks Jack marhaba And welcome to the Matrix Green Pill, where real people connect.